welcome to the Middle East Forum webinar and podca podcast series, Israel Insider. Today, I will replace Ashley Perry. And uh, unfortunately, Stacy also doesn't feel well, so uh, I'll help her to, uh, to uh, start and to uh, present the questions. Um, so uh, we will start. I will remind you the format. Uh, I will be giving a brief uh, uh, a briefing on current Israeli affairs for 15 minutes and then open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And I will be trying to, uh, to get as many questions as possible. So please let's start. So um, the past week was as every week, definitely. Definitely during the last months was very intense in Israel. Uh, three things that I think are the major things that happened that I would like to address. First of all, first and foremost, is the continuation of the wave of the terrorist attacks that we uh, felt during the last week. And again, on um, the weekend, we had a very a dramatic terrorist attack in, again, northern a neighborhood in Jerusalem. This time it was Ramot, which is exactly after the Neveyakov, which if you remember the bloody terrorist attack that took place a few weeks ago next to the synagogue. So this time a young, um, young Arab from East Jerusalem um, tried to, uh, to kill people that were walking with a car and he uh, killed on, on the spot. So people, one of them is a young very young guy that uh, was married only a few months uh, before and a young child, eight years old, and he injured um, a few other people, including another child, a six-year-old who died uh, in the hospital after. And now there were conversation about the fact that this uh, terrorist had some uh, he was sick and he was uh, hospitalized before in um, uh, in Israel and that he had some panic attack exactly two days before and his father uh, told the people that took care of him that he definitely is in a very bad uh, situation. So maybe it's connected, but, you know, many claim and... And I support this claim that it's a terror attack is terror attack. It doesn't matter why it happened. If people in a attack of an illness think that the cure might come by killing Jews, uh, it, it, it doesn't make the problem any easier. It still shows the deadly incitement within the Palestinian Authority and within the social network that reach uh, Arabs, not only within the Palestinian Authority or in Gaza, but also within East Jerusalem and within uh, Israel. 
so this is one and then later uh, in uh, during the weeks we had few other uh, stabbing attacks uh, two of them uh, took place uh, during two hours um, on uh, February 13, which was uh, um, Monday, uh, both was executed by, uh, you know, children actually, one uh, boy, uh, 17 years old, who, um, uh, sorry, 14 years old, who uh, injured a, a Jew, 17 years old, so the terror uh, the terrorist was 14 years old only. And the second, another attack that took place in two hours after um, the terrorist was 13. 13. Um, so we see again, uh, in addition to, uh, to uh, uh, the attack that took place, if you remember, in uh, uh, Silwan neighborhood next to the old city a few weeks uh, you go the next day after the terrorist attack in Novayakov, we see this tendency already of little children, uh, you know, 13 and 14, and, and, and then it was also 13, who are, as we call it, lonely terrorists, apparently not organized, not, you know, organizingly uh, engaged by some terror organization, but they're motivated by incitement in the uh, social uh, media, uh, primarily today it's TikTok. Um, and this, again, many claim, and I support this claim that this is also organized, okay? Because the incitement is organized, it's financed, uh, and those who finance and, and make this incitement and this propaganda know exactly who they target, and they do target little children of 13, 14, 15, in order to motivate them to go and kill Jews. I remind you that the, the boy of 13 years old, the one from Silwan, who uh, killed that uh, soldier in uh, Ir David, David city, you must understand, Ir David, the city of David, and Silwan is actually the same neighborhood. It's just the Jewish name and the Arabic name. So it's actually a boy takes a gun and goes to kill his neighbors, to, 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 to fight, kill his neighbors. And uh, it's, it's a major, it's a major um, threat. Now, now uh, we had another, um, attempt of, 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 again, a terrorist attack uh, using a car the same day, um, uh, but unsuccessful. Uh, you know, two, two people were easily injured. And then another, um, uh, at the same day, an Israeli who by mistake entered the city of Kalkilia was attacked by uh, stones uh, but again, he was only easily injured and no no casualties. These are the, the you know the very bad news. We see the continuation of attacks. And uh, now the second definitely major event that takes place in Israel now, and I know that you spoke about it a few times already with Ashley, is the judicial 
reform that's uh, continuous. But uh, this week we had a major, major development. Uh, first of all, because uh, the president of Israel tried to uh, to encourage the two sides, the coalition and the opposition, to compromise and to speak. Uh, and he proposed some kind of uh, uh, proposal uh, that will halt, stop um, uh, the laws at the moment. And he proposed actually that all the sides will uh, find a compromise. And actually the coalition immediately stated that they are ready to negotiate. Smotrich did that and uh, Simcha Rotman did that. Uh, Yeriv Levin is less, uh, was less willing to compromise, but definitely we saw much more voices of uh, willing to, to, to speak from the coalition side. Uh, however, much less um, compromise from the opposition, as Lapid said, that you know we, we, we definitely respect the proposal of the president, but we demand uh, you know fully stopping halting of the of the promotion of the law uh, for two months, uh, no less. Uh, so uh, uh, so you know after seeing that the, the coalition, actually promoted uh, promoted and also on uh, the same Monday, the same Monday of the two attacks that I just told you about, we saw a very big, uh, very, uh, very big, very large, uh, I definitely think the largest I remember in Jerusalem, uh, March uh, to the Knesset, uh, some statistics speak about 60,000 people um, to stop, it was at the day of of the votings to uh, uh, you know to uh, against the reform. Now we already you know we already see these uh, demonstrations you know every week, and this was definitely a, a peak of demonstrations. But 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 that was you know not new. But what is was new is that few very major figures uh, supporting the opposition. A stated unprecedented statements uh, calling actually for violence. It was uh, the former Prime Minister Eudolmert who actually said that you know we will not stop and we will proceed to as as he called it a real, real resistance. And it was clearly understood that he actually called for kind of. You know, some people say violence, some people say maybe even kind of civil war. Similar uh, statement we heard from mayor of Tel Aviv, Ron uh, Khuldai, and uh, another statement that, you know, shocked many people was statement of the former chief of staff of Israel Defense Forces, uh, Dan Khalutz, who was the chief of staff during the Second Lebanon War, who said, I will understand those who will not go to serve in the army after this reform will pass. Now it, you know, it's made many people angry from the right wing camp because that was the chief of staff that fought against those 
who against the soldiers or those who were before their service in the army who didn't want to serve because of the disengagement. Then he punished them. So people from the right wing say, you know, so when it's against your agenda, so you punish them, but when it's in favor of your agenda, you encourage them. So it's again hypocrisy. So the you know the 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 division within the society, the the polarization within the society is so tragic today that we see that you know everybody who tries to to mediate is called immediately by both camps as you know as 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 a, you know as a traitor as he didn't choose side and um and it's very tragic now we see some kind of really after the proposal of the president we see some kind of a, a beginning of a pro, you know process of uh, a compromise uh, or at least you know lowering the the the, the fire and we really hope i really hope that it will it will go to some kind of a proposal as some kind of a compromise because this division hurts the very basic ability of the state of Israel, you know, to fight and defeat its enemies. And we we can we cannot fight our enemies without unity. And um, uh, well, I have another minute. It's definitely you know it's a big issue, but we don't have much time, so I want just to to speak in a minute about the third very important thing that happened. Uh, I remind you that after the, um, the terrorist attacks a month ago, the government approved um, building another nine Israeli outposts in the Judean Samaria. But in the meantime, a few days ago, Israeli government approved again, a demolition of another outpost and uh, Smotrich, who Bitzalet uh, Smotrich, who by the coalition agreement uh, was about to receive the responsibility for the civil uh, administration, uh, the army civil administration, the civil administration that controls the Judean Samaria, uh, and, and these authorities were not passed to him yet. He claims that this, you know, this is against the coalition agreement. And they try. They start already to threat, to threat uh, the government, uh, and it's. I think may definitely uh, evolve to a coalitional crisis within the next days uh, over this demolition of of the another outpost and not transferring these authorities to Smotrich. Um, Likud uh, so far. As they say, it doesn't do it. As you know, Gallant doesn't do it as Minister of Defense. So we will definitely uh, follow up and see uh, if this may evolve to a major uh, coalitional uh, crisis between two uh, biggest um, coalitional partners, Likud and uh, the Religious Zionist Party. Okay. Um, I will. I will read. Uh, I, I will go to the questions, please. Um,
Uh, okay, David Levin asks, now that the current government of Israel leans toward the right, do you anticipate a more serious crackdown on mosques and Palestinian leadership, which actively encourage such horrendous attacks by so-called children? Well, definitely, you know, we all really hope and we all really uh, uh, wait. And I think all the uh, all those who voted for the so-called, as we call them in Israel, you know, fully right-wing government, that um, the government will uh, will have you know serious measures against this incitement. As I told you, I definitely think that the incitement in TikTok or any other um, social media uh, targeting children is no less organized terrorist uh, activity than launching uh, than launching uh, rockets from Gaza or you know sending or, 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 or funding uh, the terrorists that sit in the Israeli um, jails. So we, we definitely understand that Palestinian Authority um, continues this incitement and it must be stopped. And we all uh, definitely anticipate and, 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 and see and wait that the Israeli government will, will, will stop it. Um, definitely now when the, uh, when, when, you know, people like Ben Gvir and Smotrich are in the government and let's see that it it will happen so far i just remind you that you know khan al-ahmar the palestinian outpost on the road on the major road between jerusalem and the dead sea that this coalition being in the opposition stated that it must be demolished Again, nothing happened. And those who today is in opposition, who were in the opposition to Netanyahu before the previous government and were in the government during the last year, again, did nothing. So either there is some information that we don't know. And by the way, the Supreme Court demanded the demolition of, of this Palestinian outpost. So at the moment, you know, the right-wing government claims that the Supreme Court is left, but the decision on Khan al-Ahmar by the Supreme Court is actually more right-wing than the activities of the government now because the Supreme Court demands the demolition and the government doesn't execute it. So let's see if this so-called right-wing government will definitely do what they, what they promise to their voters. Um, okay, interesting question. I will take it, even though it's an anonymous attendee. The majority of Israelis are not religious, yet the government seems to be promoting a religious agenda. Do you think the coalition will collapse if the religious bodies continue to promote the agenda? Uh, it, I just want to say that uh, when you say that Israelis are not religious, uh, why I take this question is an important issue. Um, today's one of the major issues that divides 
the opposition and the coalition is the uh, the matter of religion and the matter of the separation the separation of the, the state from religion but uh, don't be mistaken majority full majority of israelis are either religious or uh, traditional having a traditional uh, jewish identity more than 60 percent of uh, jews in israel eat kosher keep somehow uh, uh, shabbat uh, so um, even you know within the you know when you say religions you you mean the ultra orthodox and the orthodox but the voters of likud majority of them are also religious traditional and big parts of those who vote for for opposition they maybe are against the measures and the steps of the ultra orthodox but it's it, it, it doesn't mean that they're secular so it's it's much more complicated you apparently mean the ultra orthodox okay um if the coalition will collapse if the if the ultra orthodox parts continue to promote the agenda i don't see it happening because netanyahu needs them and will give them i think whatever they want and the religious zionist party will also give them whatever they want so i think in this issue the ultra orthodox agenda will will prevail and, and until the end of this government Stephen Orlo um, asks, where do we stand with the dairy law? How is this uh, tied to the uh, judicial reform proposal? It's a very good question. I think uh, that a, a very big part of the, the opposition to this reform is not only because of its content, but because of the form. And I remind you that the whole uh, reform was uh, was presented by Yariv Levine just one evening before the hearing in the Supreme Court about the dairy uh, law, about his ability to serve as a minister. Now this, you know, the fact that they uh, tied uh, the dairy law uh, the, his nomination to be a minister to the whole reform i think that made many people angry even in the right-wing camp because many people don't like the idea outside trust definitely uh, that dairy would be a minister that he can be a minister definitely that he can, he can be a minister of uh, finance being twice a man that uh, you know was 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 caught on uh, corruption and uh, uh, now Netanyahu must have him because he must have shots in the government so for him dairy is the stability of his government but for many people binding the reform to dairy hurts the reform so I think, and many people think, that if they wouldn't have uh, tied the reform to dairy, uh, much of the critics, much of the opposition wouldn't be uh, so strong. So today, they halted, uh, I don't know for how, for how long, maybe for a few days, 
uh, voting on dairy law, but I think that they will not be, the coalition will not be able really to postpone this law because Derry will want to be the minister and Netanyahu will need Derry for the stability of the government. So I don't see that the Derry law will you know, be halted too much. Um, and, it's, and, and at the moment it will be back into the scene. It will, uh, it will um, I think will add Again, we'll add, you know, the into this fire of the division and of the opposition uh, to the reform. Again, because of because of its form, uh, because many people don't like the idea that 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 you know uh, uh, that we take an, a man who sat in the jail for corruption and 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 Netanyahu gives him control over the finance uh, ministry. Um, what is Barack Kormaz asks, what is the credibility of intelligence on threats against Israel disaster relief personnel in Turkey? Who is responsible? Is there cooperation between Turkish and Israeli authorities? I take this question also because, you know, this week I was on... Uh, a reserve duty in the IDF where I serve in uh, Home Front Command, so I know exactly what's uh, happening with the Israeli rescue team that was sent to Turkey. And I must tell you that uh, Israel sent the biggest uh, rescue uh, team um, to Turkey um, and Israeli uh, Home Front Command you know, rescue professionals rescued many, many people, many children, one whole family. So it's a there is a very, very close cooperation between Turkish and Israeli authorities on that. Definitely, and lately on many issues, and as you know, Israel and Turkey are in a very uh, uh, warm um, relations back after many years of cold relationship. So uh, 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 definitely there were some threats against the uh, relief personnel, but uh, they're already back and everything is, uh, everything is okay. And definitely uh, we know that uh, Turkey is very thankful and the Israeli Minister of Foreign Affairs flew to Turkey and met uh, the president of Turkey, Erdogan, uh, I don't remember when exactly, but a few days ago. So uh, uh, Turkey very appreciate and understand and appreciate the, the attempts of uh, Israel and IDF in this enormous disaster, uh, enormous disaster. Uh, you know, the, the numbers of, of the people killed uh, is, is extremely high. And we must understand, by the way, again, I can tell you as one that is dealing with this, that Israel is preparing for a, um, for earthquake in Israel, as we know that every statistically every 100 years there is a, a one in Israel, and it can be, and it can be in near or or a further future, it can be tomorrow, it can be 20 years. 
but we're definitely preparing to it. IDF and Israeli government is preparing to it. And there is a very big program of uh, demol dem demolition of the old buildings that were built by the uh, old standards before 85. We have a very little percentage, but big number, about 80,000 buildings that were built before 85, who which are not by the uh, good enough standards uh, uh, against the, the earthquake, and they definitely will be very damaged if if it happens. So Israel government now does much to 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 demolish them and to construct a new building with uh, with uh, all the uh, all the all the uh, all the means to provide good security for those for 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 the people if if earthquake will happen um unfortunately we are out of time i see that uh, uh, will there be a budget by april <laughs> we don't know we definitely definitely hope because additional to all you know working with that budget doesn't help the economy and doesn't help the government so we really hope that budget will be soon and might be until April, as uh, all the country needs it. Uh, but unfortunately, we see that Netanyahu is so concentrated on the judicial reform that he, you know, he holds uh, many other important issues because this is Netanyahu Levine government coalition because it's most important issue for them now. Um, we really hope that they will not uh, that they will prioritize all the important things, including uh, the budget. So uh, very, very unfortunately, our time is over. Uh, so we have come to the close of our webinar and podcast. Um, as I said, unfortunately, Stacey is a bit sick. So uh, I, I, I'm closing the, I'm closing this um, webinar. So uh, thank you for all those who were listening to me, for me. Uh, for our viewers and listeners, please join us uh, Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time with uh, Tarek Fatah discussing Canada's foolish experiment with anti-Islamophobia. So that thank was you. From last week, but thank you. Ah, that was from last week. I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot okay. to update it. Okay. So uh, okay. So just follow the information that will be sent out, and uh, and um, and good health to Stacy, <laughs> and uh, and the next week uh, Ashley will be here. Thank you very much and have a good day.